صباح الخير جود مورنينج دي ليسنز يو ليسنينج تو راديو 3 سي ار اون 855 Palestine Remembered is Australia's only English language radio program that is totally dedicated to Palestine. We'd like to welcome those listening on 855 and those that will join us on podcast at 3cr.org.au. Thanks for joining us. Stay with us and enjoy the episode. Bringing you the news and views and the untold side of the Palestinian struggle for freedom from a Palestinian perspective. Good morning, Rob. How are you doing? Good morning, Nasa. Good morning, listeners. Mate, I'm going really well. How are you? Yeah, really well, mate. Again, another big thank you to all of our Radiothon supporters and those that subscribe during our show. We're still some dollars short, so make sure you call into 3CR. Go to 3cr.org.au and subscribe. But today, Rob, we've got one of our dear friends from Palestine. We do indeed, Baha, who I spent some time with, who, uh, but I think today's subject is, uh, you know, is pretty hard-hitting as well. At Palestine, remembered, we've been very, very focused on the criticism of the State of Israel, on the criticism of Zionism, on the criticism of settler colonialism, the links between that Zionist movement and the terra nullius, the colonialism, the white settler uh, colonialism that occurred here and, and destroyed the Indigenous First Nations people and their connection to the land. They didn't succeed there. They're not going to succeed in Palestine. But good morning, Baha. How are you? Uh, good morning, Salam Nasser. I'm uh, surviving. Surviving. Thanks for checking out. The challenge we have, Palestine has been on fire and it's on fire now against Palestinians on Palestine, against the PA after the murder and the killing of a fabulous Palestinian, a, a real Palestinian who only had Palestine's ultimate vision of a pure Palestine in his heart, Nizar Benet. Can tell us a little bit about that situation and, and what's going on now? Well, Nizar, uh, may he rest in power, uh, has been um, like a, a strong uh, voice of criticism of all forms of corruption uh, within the Palestinian liberation uh, movement, whether it was throughout history or in the current reality. His voice is sharp, he's clear, his uh, criticism has always been evidence-based uh, whether it was in ex the exposure of the fascist nature of the regime of the state of Israel in terms of their criminal behavior uh, that ended up destroying big part of his family during the struggle for freedom and justice. But he's at the same time not the kind of a person who would stand against the corruption and the criminal behavior of the state of Israel and ignore the corruption of certain Palestinian figures and certain Palestinian structures. One of the latest statements he made deal that state of israel was about to do with the palestinian authority where the state of israel would supply the palestinian authority with one million expired vaccines for covid 19 and there has been like the state of israel on one side and certain palestinian figures involved in this deal so he spoke about it and on june 24th early around 3 a.m members of the palestinian authority security forces went to his house and uh, lynched him and he he was murdered precisely because he has been critical and free voice of the struggle for freedom and justice for Palestine. Since June 24th, uh, many people who looked up for this uh, person took to the streets against the murder. 
the Palestinian Authority promised transparent uh, investigation in what's happening. But once again, uh, there is a lot of corrupt and criminal, let's say, events in uh, in the past were where people like were not even held, held responsible simply because they hold powerful and strong positions within the Palestinian Authority itself. So many people are very, very skeptical and they have no trust whatsoever in the Palestinian Authority, its investigation and so on. So many people are scared to even voice uh, their opinion about the corruption that has been uh, going on uh, in, in Palestine for fear for their lives. The crime that was committed against this free man has changed many uh, aspects of how to deal with an authority that is ruled that is ruling Palestinians under oppression. In the end of the day, Nizar is part of a long list uh, of free uh, people who are part of any struggle of freedom that were killed or murdered by their own people, you know? And uh, I wouldn't say that this situation is only applicable to Palestine, but if we look at what's happening in Palestine in terms of uh, Israeli apartheid and so on, uh, Israeli apartheid or any form, form of apartheid would allow oppressed people to rule over oppressed people under the domination of the oppressor. So I do not need to see any kind of moral corruption, financial corruption, political corruption carried out by an authority under occupation because the very existence of a ruling structure under oppression is by default, is a corrupt situation. Mm -hmm. I can give you a lot of examples, Nas. Like for example, the the Vichy government in, in France was made of French people who ruled French people under the domination of Nazi Germany. Uh, Anton Mozart of the Netherlands was a Dutch person who ruled Dutch people under the domination of Nazi Germany. Here we have a Palestinian ruling over Palestinians under the domination of Israeli apartheid. So the situation in general is created in order to maintain stability under Israeli apartheid. So the crime that was committed against Mizar and against so many uh, Palestinians who are frustrated by the reality where we have Palestinians ruling over Palestinians under the domination of Israeli apartheid, whether it was in the occupied West Bank, it was in the Gaza Strip, it was in Jerusalem, or it was in Palestinian communities under Israeli rule in 48 territories, you always see the exact same pattern. Palestinians who hold responsibilities or hold some form of authority, be it municipal or be it political, those Palestinians are ruling the subjects of apartheid under the domination of apartheid. So by default, that structure has to be corrupt. You're 100% right there. Perhaps just in a very condensed form, you cannot have an apartheid government and any form of legitimate representation for the occupied people by themselves. These people are Uncle Toms. There's no question. That's true. That's true. We have, like, Palestine is full of Uncle Toms. In the, the previous interview I had with you guys, I tried to explain that Palestine is ruled by the Israeli government, but Palestinians are not ruled in one way. The state of Israel has established four forms of oppression that continue to exist every single day. Palestinians who are in Nazareth are oppressed in a different way 
under a different system than Palestinians in Jerusalem. Palestinians in the West Bank are, are under a different form of rule. Palestinians in Gaza under a fourth different form of rules. So those rules do have Palestinian Uncle Toms, do have Palestinian Warren Mundines, you know, because what we are talking about here is that Palestinians who accept to rule Palestinians under oppression, members of the Israeli parliament and members of the fascist Israeli government that is in power right now. You know, today we have an Israeli government that has a member who is part of the Islamic movement in Israel as a member, as a minister in the government. He's the third Palestinian minister to serve in Israeli government since 1949. So that like we do have, like also I mentioned, like when uh, Palestinians were rising against Israeli apartheid throughout Palestine, we had the Palestinian mayor of the town of the Lud, where many Palestinians were lynched by Israeli police and Israeli settlers. The Palestinian mayor of the town of Lod called upon the Israeli government to bring in the army to enforce stability upon Palestinians. So we do have Palestinians who are interested in maintaining some kind of stability under Israeli apartheid. So the Palestinian Authority in the West Bank is not different in this form than the Palestinian Authority in Gaza. The Palestinian Authority in Gaza, which is ruled by Hamas, have also murdered another Palestinian activist. You know, there is no way the, a system of rule under colonial or fascist or apartheid systems, there is no way that this kind of rule would not be corrupt. And corruption in this form manifests itself in terms of financial corruption, moral corruption, and murder of Palestinians, a murder of people. Indeed, very well said. What, what do you think, Baha, if you have a look at the past month, we had the protests, firstly, Aqsa, and then the expulsions in Sheikh Jarrah, and then Hamas sent rockets, and then we had a general strike. The PA has done nothing, was mm-hmm. silent in Sheikh Jarrah, had no input control over the general strike, which closed Israel down. In fact, this is a way of re-exerting some of their relevance. Look, we can kill somebody. What they want to say is doing nothing is doing nothing. But what has been happening is undermining the popular movement that has been created since the uh, in Palestine since Ma- since April 12th. So since April 12th, when the state of Israel started bullying and lynching and arresting Palestinians in Jerusalem, has created some kind of popular rejection of the state of Israel, where the Palestinian street has went far beyond the official representation and the official political stand. The Palestinian Authority was watching. The Palestinian Authority in Gaza was also watching. Palestinian uh, officials in the state of Israel also were watching. While the street itself was expressing its rejection to the different forms of Israeli apartheid in a very, very, very beautiful way. Now, with the uh, uh, Hamas rockets that resulted on Another form of another form of rejection of Israeli apartheid. Those rockets uh, have brought Hamas or the militant struggle uh, in uh, the militant struggle to a different way, where we want to also be part of the struggle of Palestinians throughout uh, Palestine. 
Now, the Palestinian officials were just standing uh, silent when the, uh, uh, what's it called? When the truce was signed, everybody started looking at uh, the, uh, the success of the Palestinian society in expressing its rejection of the state of Israel uh, in a political way. Like how can we reap the, uh, the fruits of Palestinian rejection of Israeli apartheid in a political or diplomatic way. That was the stand of the Islamic uh, resistance movement, the, uh, the political or the diplomatic wing of the Islamic resistance movement. That was the stand of the uh, Palestinian Authority. After the truce was signed, uh, the Pal Palestinian official body, everyone was saying like, we have the right to work on the rebuilding of Gaza. You know, Hamas was saying it's uh, our responsibility. Fatah was saying it's our responsibility. And we started having some kind of like clash over the rebuilding of Gaza. Uh, politicians have always, have always done one uh, thing in any situation of oppression, which is trying to, uh, like to take the, the achievements for themselves. Um, and, and the behavior of uh, the Palestinian liberation movement or the Islamic resistance movement in terms of the diplomatic intervention has always been about like, how can we reap the fruits without sacrificing anything on the, uh, on the ground? And the, what we are looking at is something a little bit worse than nothing. Now, how can you submit or, or force the, the street to submit to you after having a street that proven that it can do much better without the political leadership? You know, you have to do something big. You have to do something that will make everybody recognize your presence. You have to do something that will bring back the attention to your role as a, a government or a structure that wants stability under oppression. How can you do that? You do that by doing something big. Uh, the first big thing that was uh, done was the vaccines uh, scandal. The second big thing was the murder of Nazar. And I would tell you this clearly. If the Palestinian Authority, if any of the people who are responsible for the arrest and lynching and murder of Nizar Benet knew that it will have this kind of re reaction from the street, they would not have done it. They would have postponed it for, you know, quiet time. What, what reaction were they expecting? The exact same reaction that we would see after the murder of each and every Palestinian. Just like, you know, another Palestinian was killed. You know, the state of Israel has murdered 270 Palestinians in uh, April and May. And what kind of uh, reaction did we uh, get? Like another Palestinian was murdered. The number, the estimation of Palestinians that were murdered in Palestine during the past 70 years exceeds 150,000 people. Mm. You know? For a small country, 150,000 people were murdered primarily by the state of Israel. The reaction is like, we have to keep carrying on. We cannot, you know, submit or be defeated or be weakened because of the murder of 
somebody. Yeah. You know? And that's with people not being held to account too. The other thing is that the state of Israel was never held accountable for the murdering the murder of any Palestinian. Like we have Israelis who are home and enjoying time with their family after being responsible for murdering 70 children during the the bombardment of Gaza, like nearly 270 people were murdered. What kind of, you know, what kind of reaction, what kind of responsibility were they held? And please do remember that the successful form of authority that we have in Palestine is the Israeli form of authority. You know, Palestinians do not have the culture of ruling themselves away from Israeli oppression. This is the model and example of enforcing the law, which is the Israeli model. This is why you have Palestinians, for example, who would have uh, checkpoints in the street. Where did we learn the the politics of checkpoints? We learned that from the state of Israel. Palestinian security forces would carry machine guns on the street. Where did we learn this form of enforcing authority, this form of enforcing authority from? We learned it from the only form of authority that exists in our life. If we were ruled by civilized people, if we were ruled by civilized people, we would enforce the authority in a civilized way. We are ruled by butchers. We are ruled by criminals. We are ruled by fascists. We are ruled by the state of Israel. And that's the only form of authority we are aware of. So when somebody wants to enforce the law, they will enforce it based on the model of authority that they have before their eyes. But when we're on one of the tours with you, I'm sure it was with you, you said that the PA, they have much older guns and they're only allowed to have one bullet in their gun. Was that you saying that? Uh, the the regulations are are very simple. Uh, Palestinian police officers have to have like few bullets in their uh, machine guns, and their machine guns should not be directed towards Israeli criminals and Israeli army. Their guns has to be directed towards Palestinian civilians. So it shows that it's very symbolic, just like you've been saying the whole time. That is a really simple man. If you look at it in terms of like let's say. Uh, prison because that's where we live you know uh the people in prison that will have access to like tools of oppression are the collaborators with the prison authority yeah that's yeah. it you know uh, yeah. that's the thing that also you find in uh, in the gaza strip like the only people that would have guns are those who are affiliated with the islamic resistance movement Another simple way I remember you saying it is that if the Israelis want to come into the West Bank, they make a phone call, basically. This That's is in the simplistic form. They make a phone call and make sure that the PA is off the, off the grounds, off the roads. So the IDF will come in throughout all of the, you know, whether it be Ada Camp or all of those, do their thing and get out. So they are, the Man. PA are completely complicit with Israeli. The, the PA, the PA <laughs> exists based on an agreement that serves the state of Israel. It's not an agreement that brings Palestinians closer towards liberation and the fulfillment of their unalienated and basic rights of a right to equality, right to justice and right to freedom, you know? So you can't have a a tolerated authority under Israeli occupation if they want to, let's say, fight for equality or fight for the fulfillment of Palestinians' rights. And do remember 
that you, during your time in the, uh, the occupied West Bank, uh, the West Bank has more than 600 Israeli military checkpoints. Any Palestinian that wants to move from one area to the other has to get the approval of the Israeli soldier on the street, on the checkpoint. It doesn't matter if that person was the late Nazar Banat or that person was the president of Palestine. You know, yeah. we have a structure, you know, of rule that exists under Israeli military rule. Hmm. The fact that we call it the state of Palestine doesn't make it a state of Palestine. The fact that we have a president doesn't mean that any Israeli soldier has inferior authority in Palestine to the authority of the Palestinian president. It's the way around. The Israeli soldier has to approve, you know, the movement of our prime minister, of our ministers, of the entire structure. You know, if, if our president wants to come from Ramallah to visit Bethlehem, he has to pass his, through Israeli military checkpoints. The soldier on the ground has to allow that convoy or envoy to pass or not to pass, which means that any Israeli soldier has superior authority on the ground in the geography of Palestine than the authority of the Palestinian president. But the Palestinian authority has power over the Palestinian people, over the individuals, over our lives. And that authority exists under the rule of the Israeli military commander. So the main rule is the Israeli military rule, which is made of more than 1,650 rules. If the people that murdered Nazar Banat would break the Israeli military rule, they themselves will be arrested by the Israeli army and sentenced to prison for breaking the Israeli military rule. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So the murder of Nazar Banat does not break the Israeli law. Yes. This is why the state of Israel would not even care about it. In fact, the murder of Nazar Banat took place in Area C. If the Palestinian Authority wants to have access to Area C to arrest somebody, they have they to permission. get the approval of the Israeli army. Yeah. The Israeli army gave the approval because they know that the Palestinian officers that went to Nazar Barat's house went there with bad intentions. Mm. You know, this is why the state of Israel would give them the, like if, if Nazar Banat was a collaborator with the state of Israel, let's say, you know, if Nazar Banat was responsible for, was a collaborator with the state of Israel and responsible for, let's say, giving information to the Israeli army about a Palestinian, you know, target. The Palestinian Authority would not get any permit from the Israeli army to go arrest him. Why? Because he's a collaborator. Hmm. But this man has been very, very critical in a very sharp way. You know, I might agree with him in, uh, in his criticism because it has always been evidence-based. Uh, but I don't learn from angry voices. So personally, uh, I only disagree with his tone, but I agree with everything that he said. Like this man was uh, attacked during my lifetime also. Um, after voicing out like some uh, concerns about the BDS campaign, why the Palestinian Authority would not enable 
a full boycott of Israeli products. So he was, you know, because he was very, very confrontational with the Minister of uh, of Labor, you know, they he, he, he was left with stitches in his head, you know, by unknown people. Um, but I'll just wrap up on Nazar because we want to talk about Silwan very quickly. We've got a few minutes left. Yeah. But this is a guy that was arrested many times. He had threat after threat, beating after uh, beating. He wouldn't be silent. He was a, a member of Fatah, was running for elections when they were postponed. He, he has been a, a fierce critic of PA leaders and their children living the 1% life. In fact, just most recently, he asked all of the NGOs around the world to defund the Palestinian security forces uh, when, mm-hmm. when the elections were cancelled. Uh, Nasser Habibi, it, it was not the NGOs. It was like his call was uh, to the uh, EU, to the EU uh, USAID and international community that are funding certain funding the Palestinian Authority regardless of certain evidence of corruption. Correct. So may he rest in power and a significant loss to Palestine and to our movement. And God willing, this is a trigger for a reformation of the PLO for better representation for all of the Palestinians, some democratic reforms. And hopefully we hope so. will soon see the end of the sort of cronyism that exists in, in, in Fatah, but also in Hamas and all the sort of terrible leaders that we have under the apartheid regime. But mm. we've got uh, four minutes or five minutes left. Silwan, mm. I mean, we, we know what was happening in Sheikh Jarrah. Things are still mm-hmm. ongoing. There's a lot of tension, but they've started in Silwan. Mm-hmm. The first demolition was only a couple of days ago. I know there's you know, tens, hundreds yeah. of families that will be impacted severely. The rule, the law that the Israelis are using there, if, if a Jew from inside Israel can claim, can prove ownership of land in East, East Jerusalem, they can use the Israeli civil system to go get that land back. Even though those mm-hmm. people would have already been compensated with Palestinian homes in inside 48, they can get double compensation and go get, mm-hmm. get their lands back. Tell us about Salud. Let me let me quickly just say something about Jerusalem. Uh, the home demolitions did not start in Silwan in Jerusalem. The state of Israel have demolished more than 17,600 structures for Palestinians between 1967 up until today. Uh, the way the state of Israel is doing it is that they are desperate to turn Jerusalem into a Jewish majority place. Uh, This is done in two ways. Uh, The first way is to legalize uh, settler colonialism in uh, Jerusalem, putting funds and money into building settlers for building homes for uh, Jewish only settlers in Jerusalem. And the second side is by reducing the existence of Palestinians in Jerusalem by denying them the right to build on their land. Uh, the exact same government that builds for you as a Jewish-Israeli person is the exact same government that destroys your house for being a Palestinian. How they justify it, the state of Israel is a state of laws. They simply create laws or abuse laws in order to give a legal you know, uh, a foundation for their criminal behavior. Please do remember that every situation of oppression was legal. You know, uh, sending Jewish people to gas chambers was a legal behavior. Slavery was a legal behavior. Uh, The genocide of the First Nations was a legal behavior. You know, denying women the right to vote was a legal behavior. The destruction of Palestinian lives in Jerusalem is an Israeli legal 
behavior. You know, uh, if those Palestinians were born to Jewish families, the state of Israel would not even touch their homes. Palestinians build illegally simply because the law does not include them. In the year 2018, there was more than 400 Palestinians who applied for licenses to build homes on their own land to the Israeli government and the Israeli municipality of Jerusalem. The number of approved requests and licenses was 18 out of 400 requests. So we're talking about approval rate that is lower than 2%. So people have a right to shelter. The state of Israel denies people the right to build a shelter on their own property. Now, the other thing, the state of Israel allows Jewish Israelis to have a claim to their land and property prior to 1948, but they deny that right to Palestinians. Not one Palestinian is allowed to go through any legal process under the state of Israel to claim his family's property, which was stolen but from his family by the state of Israel. So in a way, it's another form of double standard. Uh, in a way, it's just like a continuity of an Israeli process that wants to see Palestine without Palestinian people. As we say, as much Palestinian geography with as little Palestinian demography as possible. Yeah. Uh, that's, the, that's how you can summarize Israeli behavior in Palestine since 1948. Well, no better way, but a sad way to end the show. Baha, thanks so very much, Habibi. Great to speak to you again. I love you guys. Thank you so very much for giving me the chance to talk to you. Thank you. And listeners, please, it's not too late. Go to 3cr.org.au, sponsor, subscribe, donate. The station desperately need you. Remember, there's never been a better time for a free Palestine.